Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning, everyone, and welcome. Nice to have you guys following along, so many of you on a daily basis, but if you're new to Manna for Breakfast, thank you for joining us. This is our journey through the Bible chronologically, doing it every day, and every day I'm not traveling anyway, <laughs> as I'm on the road right now in New Mexico, so I'm not gotten every single day in, but thank you for your patience. But we'll be looking in Numbers chapter 23, 24, and 25 in Mark 16 today. If you want to find your Bibles, we will pray and we will get into God's Word this morning. Father God, thank you for blessing us. Thank you for bringing us uh, into your presence and for allowing us to just spend this time with you. God, we pray that you would minister to our hearts and give us understanding, sometimes difficult passages, but you always have something, God, that you want to show us. So we ask that you would reveal these things to us and open up our minds and our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Numbers chapter 23. Then Balaam said to Balak, build seven altars for me here and prepare seven bulls and seven rams for me here. Balak did just as Balaam had spoken and Balak and Balaam offered up a bull and a ram on each altar. Then Balaam said to Balak, Stand beside your burnt offering, and I will go. Perhaps the Lord will come to meet me, and whatever he shows me, I will tell you. So he went to a bare hill. Now God met Balaam, and he said to him, I have set up seven altars, and I have offered up a bull and a ram on each altar. And the Lord put a word in Balaam's mouth and said, Return to Balak, and you shall speak thus. So he returned to him, and behold, he was standing beside his burnt offerings, he and all the leaders of Moab. And he took up his discourse and said, From Aram, Balak has brought me, Moab's king from the mountains of the east. Come, curse Jacob for me, and come, denounce Israel. How shall I curse whom God has not cursed? How can I denounce whom the Lord has not denounced? As I see him from the tops of the rocks... And I look at him from the hills, behold, a people who dwell apart and will not be reckoned among the nations. Who can count the dust of Jacob or number the fourth part of Israel? Let me die the death of the upright and let my end be like his. Then Balak said to Balaam, what have you done to me? I took you to curse my enemies, but behold, you have actually blessed them. He replied, must I not be careful to speak what the Lord puts in my mouth? Then Balak said to him, please come with me to another place from where you may see them, although you will only see the extreme end of them and will not see all of them and curse them for me from there. So he took him to the field of Zophim, to the top of Pisgah, and built seven altars and offered a bull and a ram on each altar. He said to Balak, stand here beside me, beside your burnt offering, while I myself meet the Lord over there. Then the Lord met Balaam and put a word in his mouth and said, return to Balak and thus you shall speak. He came to him and behold, he was standing beside his burnt offering. 
and the leaders of Moab with him. And Balak said to him, What is the Lord spoken? Then he took up a discourse and said, Arise, O Balak, and hear. Give ear to me, O son of Zephor. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. He has said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and he will not make it good? Behold, I have received a command to bless. When he has blessed, then I cannot revoke it. He has not observed misfortune in Jacob, nor has he seen trouble in Israel. The Lord, his God, is with him, and the shout of a king is among them. God brings them out of Egypt. He is for them like the horns of the wild ox. There is no omen against Jacob, nor is there any divination against Jacob. At the proper time, it shall be said to Jacob, to Israel, what God has done. Behold, a people rises like a lioness, and as a lion, it lifts itself. It will not lie down until it devours the prey and drinks the blood of the slain. Then Balak said to Balaam, do not curse them at all, nor bless them at all. But Balaam replied to Balak, did I not tell you whatever the Lord speaks, I must do? Then Balak said to Balaam, please come. I will take you to another place. Perhaps it will be agreeable with God that you curse them for me there. So Balak took Balaam to the top of Peor, which overlooks the wasteland. Balaam said to Balak, build seven altars for me here and prepare seven bowls and seven rams for me here. Balak did just as Balaam had said and offered up a bowl and a ram on each altar. Chapter 24. When Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel... He did not go as other times to seek omens, but he set his face towards the wilderness. And Balaam lifted up his eyes and saw Israel camping tribe by tribe. And the Spirit of God came upon him. He took up his discourse and said, The oracle of Balaam, the son of Beor, and the oracle of the man whose eye is open, the oracle of him who hears the words of the Lord, who sees the vision of the Almighty, falling down, yet having his eyes uncovered. How fair are your tents, O Jacob, your dwellings, O Israel, like valleys that stretch out, like gardens beside the river, like aloes planted by the tree, your cedars beside the waters. Water will flow from his buckets, and his seed will be many waters, and his king shall be higher than Agag, and his kingdom shall be exalted. God brings him out of Egypt. He is for him like the horns of a wild ox. He will devour the nations who are his adversaries, and will crush their bones in pieces and shatter them with his arrows. He crouches, he lies down as a lion, and as a lion who dare, who dares rouse him. Blessed is everyone who blesses you, and cursed is everyone who curses you. Then Balak's anger burned against Balaam, and he struck his hands together, and Balak said to Balaam, I called you to curse my enemies, but behold, you have persisted in blessing them these three times. Therefore, flee to your place now. I said, I would honor you greatly, but behold, the Lord has held you back from honor. Balaam said to Balak, did I not tell you your messengers whom you had sent to me, saying, though Balak were to give me his house full of silver and gold, I could not do anything contrary to the command of the Lord, either good or bad, of my own accord. What the Lord speaks, that I will speak. And now, behold, I am going to my people, come, and I will advise you what this people will do to your people in the days to come. 
And he took up his discourses and said, The oracle of Balaam, the son of Beor, the oracle of the man whose eye is open, the oracle of him who hears the words of God and, and knows the knowledge of the Most High, and sees the vision of the, of the Almighty, falling down, yet having his eyes uncovered. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come forth from Jacob. A scepter shall rise from Israel, and shall crush through the forehead of Moab, and tear down all the sons of Seth. Edom shall be a possession. Seir, its enemies also will be a possession, while Israel performs valiantly. One from Jacob shall have dominion. I will destroy the remnant of the city. And he looked at Amalek and took up his discourse and said, Amalek was the first of the nations, but his shall be destruction. And he looked at the Kenite and took up a discourse and said, Your dwelling place is enduring, and your nest is set in the cliff. Nevertheless, Cain will be consumed. How long will Asher keep you captive? Then he took up a discourse and said, Alas, who can live except God has ordained it? But ships shall come from the coast of Kittim, and they shall afflict Asher and will afflict Eber. So they also will come to destruction. Then Balaam arose and departed and returned to his place, and Balak also went his way. Chapter 25. While Israel remained in Shittim, the people began to play the harlot with the daughters of Moab, and they invited the people to the sacrifices of their gods, and the people ate and bowed down to their gods. So Israel joined themselves to Baal of Peor, and the Lord was angry against Israel. And the Lord said to Moses, take all the leaders of the people and execute them in broad daylight before the Lord. So the fierce anger of the Lord may turn away from Israel. So Moses said to the judges of Israel, each of you slay his men who have joined themselves to Baal of Peor. Then behold, one of the sons of Israel came and brought to his relatives a Midianite woman in the sight of Moses and in the sight of all the congregation of the sons of Israel while they were weeping at the doorway of the tent of meeting. When Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest saw it, he rose in the midst of the congregation, took a spear in his hand, and he went after the man of Israel into the tent and pierced both of them through the man of Israel and the woman through the body. So the plague on the sons of Israel was checked. Those who died by the plague were 24,000. Verse 10. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, has turned away my wrath from the sons of Israel in that he was jealous with my jealousy among them, so that I did not destroy the sons of Israel in my jealousy. Therefore say, behold, I give him my covenant of peace, and it shall be for him and his descendants after him a covenant of a perpetual priesthood, because he was jealous for his God and made atonement for the sons of Israel. Now the name of the slain man of Israel, who was slain with the Midian woman, was Zimri, the son of Salu, leader of a father's household among the Shimeonites. And the name of the Midianite woman who was slain was Gozbi, the daughter of Sur, who was the head of the people of a father's household in Midian. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Be hostile toward the Midianites and, and strike them, for they have been hostile to you with their tricks, with which they have deceived you in the affair of Peor, and with the affair of Gozbi, the daughter of the leader of Midianite, the sister who was slain on the day of the plague because of Peor. Interesting uh, chapters here. And we know 
from the storyline, what really happened there with the men. We find out that it really had a lot to do with Balaam recommending that they go down and, and, and do this. He says there's no other way for them to be tricked. You could try and cause them to sin against their own God. Uh, we get into this a little bit more, a little further on. Through the counsel of Balaam, the Balak got the Midianite woman to go seduce the Israelite men and cause them to go do what? Well, really go into worship with their God, Baal, the Lord of Peor. And this was one of their pagan horrible, related to Chemosh, um, horrible, horrible gods doing all, requiring blood sacrifice and all these kind of things. So this was their downfall here. What, who Balaam was is really hard to ascertain because we see the great prophecies of Balaam here. We see the great prophecies of the coming of the Messiah, that one would come from the tents of Jacob and there would be a star. As many think of the stars, the star relating to that with Jesus' birth. And um, it's, and yet we have some of the most intense and beautiful prophecies regarding Israel. We have Balaam himself saying they wish he could die just to be a part of Israel. And yet, we notice that he doesn't join himself to Israel. He continues to go to these mountaintops to try and curse these people for the king. Of course, in one way, he's obeying what the angel of the Lord is telling him to do, but he does seem to be at least willing to try. Well, I'll try. I'll go over and see what God says. And every time he comes back, he says, nope. Said I couldn't curse him. Got to bless him. So why would he even be willing to try if he was a true Israelite, which... More and more people are starting to believe he was not. He just, he was a prophet for hire, that that he was a medium, as mediums today are trying to speak to the dead or, or conjure up, connect to the spiritual world. He had some ability and to do this, and, um, and yet he seemed to know the, the God of Israel pretty well or knew about him, have some dealings with him. But we find out there's going to be all kinds of warning in the Bible from this period on, extreme warnings not to be like Balaam. There's nothing in the Bible that God ever approves of of Balaam. So we see that um, even though he's blessing Israel, at these times this is going beyond what he would have done. It would seem that he would have cursed Israel had he been able to, had had God allowed him to. And he goes to these different mountaintops to do this. And mountaintops were believed to be the dwelling places of the gods. So Balaam goes, well, if you couldn't bless him on this mountaintop, let's go over to this mountaintop. And interesting, he goes over to the mountaintop of Peor, where, where the god of Baal, Peor, was to have his stronghold, his power. And, and so they're always taking these animals to all these different places to try and do it. So he is a prophet for hire, but God is controlling his lips. And so he realizes he can't do anything in prophetically to curse them in the spiritual world, but he knows he could cause them to fall morally and get them to be stricken by their own God. And so the enemy is very astute. The enemy's Satan's like this. He, he doesn't often come against us spiritually, head on, theologically, or trying to trip us up and say, oh, you need to doubt God, you can't believe in God, or try and bring a curse upon us when we walk in the spirit and this power and the strength of the Lord. But he will send immorality our way to try and get us to sin against our own God. 
And he may not send the Midianite woman, but he sends the videos of the Midianite woman through the internet, so to speak, and, and does whatever he can to try and get us to trip us up to get God to, to so that we sin against our own God. So we don't have to fight against demonic powers often directly head on, but as much as we do them scheming to bring other seductions around in front of us and dangle in front of us, get us to fall. So it's always, always the thing you have to be very, very careful to watch out for. Okay, jumping over now to Mark, Mark 16, the resurrection. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so that they might come and anoint him. Very early on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. They were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? Looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, although it was extremely large. Entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting at the right wearing a robe, and they were amazed. And he said to them, do not be amazed. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who has been crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold, here is the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. They went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had gripped them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Now, after he had risen early on the first day of the week, he appeared to Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons. She went and reported to those who had been with him while they were mourning and weeping. When they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they refused to believe. After that, he appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking along their way to the country. They went away and reported to others, but they did not believe them either. Afterward, he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining at the table, and he reproached them for their unbelief and hardness of heart because they had not believed those who had seen him after he had risen. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. These signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents. If they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on their sick and they will recover. So then, when the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven, sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word by the signs that followed. And they promptly reported all these instructions to Peter and his companions. And after that, Jesus himself sent out through them from the east to the west, the sacred and imperishable proclamation of eternal salvation. That last phrase is in italics and and small as it's not found in all of the manuscripts. So you may not have that in your Bible. In fact, the whole section here uh, in red about Jesus going into the world and preach the whole gospel. Um, And if you've, you know, cast it, if you've drunk any Deadly poison, you will not die. Or lay your hand bit by pick up serpents, you will not um, have to fear them. That itself is not in all the manuscripts. And so there's some interesting conversation regarding that. But overall, what we have is Jesus now 
uh, after the Sabbath was over. This is this is not right after Jesus was raised. This is this is now many days later. Remember, Pentecost is fifty days later. This was coming about forty days later, early in the morning after they'd come to the tomb. They see we have the tomb account, and afterward he appears to the eleven, and they were climbing at the table. And he reproached them for their unbelief. We seem to be jumping ahead then after his resurrection to the disciples hiding. And then, of course, we have all these other events in the other Gospels. Tell him they went and met him in, in the Galilee. Peter then talks to him up in the Galilee. They get their commission. They they come back. Uh, and then they see the Lord go up, taken up to heaven after this, after the many days after his resurrection. So... It's the timeline gets messed up in our heads a lot of times by the creeds and the different things were brought up in church. I, as a kid, I grew up and thought that he rose, rose on the third day and was ascended into heaven because that was in the creed. We we always said every Sunday, so I thought, okay, that was it. Three days, he he just rised up and he was gone. But I never understood or never read. They never explained anything about those those many days that he was there after he had risen appearing to the 12 and, and encouraging them. So there is the gospel of Mark. And next or tomorrow, we'll probably move into Luke. i got to check the schedule and continue on. So I'll just pray. Don't have a lot on the its way. Well, there's always a lot in the way of prayer reports, but I don't, I'm not in constant contact with you guys as I'm traveling. So do want to pray for what's is going on up here and the beautiful things that have happened recently and of course down there in Puerto Vallarta as well and for you that are new as well that are joining us so thank you Father for uh, the blessing that you have given us being able to use this time together reading through your word and thank you for those new that are joining and may they have received a phenomenal blessing God and just be encouraged in their walk and encouraged to, to keep their hearts and their minds set upon you and may you use this time and your word to do that in their lives we thank you for those that we see joining us online. We thank you for the prayer that's going on when we're able to pray one for another online. When we do this live during the week and the reports and the prayer reports that are coming in. And we do ask you to continue to, to heal those that are sick. Many people dealing with many different things. Pray we, Kevin can get a good report from his doctors that his lungs are doing better. We'd love to see some positive results there as well as people dealing with their their numbers for their cancer. And we thank you for the work that's going on up in Calvary Aurora that we were just at for the conference, the amazing church with so many servants there and the amazing work they're doing. All the worship leaders and audiovisual people going back to their churches now, getting ready for Sunday. May you just give them a freshness, a, a new vision, a new hunger for, for worship and for serving you, God. Thank you for that. Thank you for what you're doing in our church, God, and the new understanding we have and and how you're using even those that are there working now to bring the word to the world, so to speak, through the Internet. And for those that are ministering down there one one by one, uh, one on one, and those down doing the evangelism on Thursday nights in in the mission school. And we thank you for the new people that are moving to town, becoming part of the fellowship. We ask you to continue to just keep our minds and our hearts set upon you. And we desire to grow in maturity to be more like you as a body. And we thank you for the, the numbers that are growing up. But at the same time, we ask you to help us grow us up in our hearts. 
to be more loving, more patient with one another as we see more people coming. So we thank you for that. And thank you for all that you're doing here in Albuquerque through the Calvary Chapel here and the many different fellowships, even the fellowship that's going on here with John and Pam in their home and uh, the blessing that they're reaching out, their outreach ministry, God, you're using them through this medium and through the, the church and on, online. So thank you for that. May you continue to develop that as well. So thank you, God. Amen.